All right, guys, welcome back to Agency Journey this week. So excited to have Jared on the line with us. Jared, do you want to go ahead and give the folks a little bit of a background for anyone who hasn't heard about you, kind of how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Um, I am a managing partner at New Perspective. Um, I'm also a recovering architect uh, for seven years now. Um, nice. Career switch in 2011 and was able to jump in and join New Perspective. Uh, New Perspective actually was around before I came on in 2004, back in the heyday when AOL CDs were a real thing. <laughs> uh, OptiVista was like the big search engine at the time. Uh, and I came on primarily as a, a PPC account manager. Okay. Um, that was my, my gateway into the, the marketing world. Um, and I managed a lot of ADT uh, dealer accounts, you know, back, I mean, some of the cost per clicks on that were like a hundred dollars. Um, so, so big accounts, high stakes. And, um, and at the time we also had a really big B2C portfolio of e-commerce, uh, many of which were in the automotive space. And in around, uh, say 2012, we decided to launch a bootstrapped auto parts SaaS product. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, like while doing, you know, we were doing web development. Uh, was a was a big part of what we did. Yeah, e-commerce sites plus the paid marketing, and you know, why not? Let's let's layer that over as well. And two and a half years later, we decided to pull the plug. Um, those were some really tough times, uh, financially, like culturally. Yeah, and, um, we found ourselves in an uncomfortable transition period where we had to reinvent ourselves, right? The, this, this industry that we're in changes rapidly. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was 2014, the inbound conference. Uh, I had just gotten married. I flew in from my honeymoon and I was like, honey, I got to go catch the last day at inbound. And um, I went in there and I was sitting in a session and the guy was uh, presenting EOS, which is the oh, entrepreneurial nice. operating system. Um, and I remember coming back, oh my God, this is the answer to all of our problems. And, um, and that led us down a path to refocus and change our direction to helping manufacturers grow okay. their business through inbound marketing. And uh, we had some great clients in the manufacturing space at the time, and we had great success and enjoyed working with them. And I tied in my years of, uh, as an architect, I, I worked with a lot of um, building product manufacturers and uh, you know my family roots come from manufacturing as well. So uh, my nice. family had a family-owned uh, manufacturing company for boats. Okay, cool. And uh, and that's what led us to here. That's cool, man. Nice. So you got a lot of touches inside of this space from like both sides, the customer side and the service side. So that's cool. Done almost every job. <laughs> Love it. What is like what is one win that you guys have had recently? Like something that has gone really well for you that looking back on it, like you wish you would have done a little bit sooner of a, like a win that you guys have gone through. Oh, well, there, there have been so many cause there's been so many lessons learned throughout the, the years, but transforming um, our agency into an agile agency. Okay. Uh, we, we recently just passed the one year mark. Um, in July. And as you guys, as your listeners know, um, 
you know, inbound agencies, we are a labor intensive business. There's a lot of heavy lifting between strategizing and writing and designing and publishing and emailing and nurturing and tracking and analyzing and reporting all of that every day. Yeah. And that was really tough for us to manage and scale as a team. Uh, capacity planning was tough. Um, oftentimes we were over servicing just because we couldn't even keep track of everything that we were doing sure. and how long we spent on it. And, um, our account managers, we, we call them, uh, inbound marketing consultants, but they were like on a roller coaster ride. You know, they were happy, things were going well. And then like a change in the plan, um, just quickly overwhelmed them. They didn't know how to, to recover from it, how to communicate to the client. And that just really, uh, caused a lot of confusion and impacted quality and results and sure. just uh, the overall customer experience. Okay. So, uh, we, for, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with agile, it's a, it's really a philosophy, a set of principles. Um, and I've been, it's, it's very common and it's kind of started in the, uh, the software development industry and, and now it's become more, of a focus in marketing. I think, you know, it's really applicable to any industry. Um, but we, we've been toying with it. We just couldn't wrap our heads around how do we apply agile to, we don't, we're not doing a product. We have 30 clients, you know, with, all with different tasks and deliverables. And we plan them out on, on, on four month periods. And it was just like, how do we make these two go together? And, um, we found there's this book called uh, hacking marketing, which actually basically took those two together and, uh, developed a, a process to do that. And so we read that and then we found a agile consultant, which of all the consultants we've used in our uh, history, this was the best one pound for pound. He's worth every penny. Um, his, uh, his company called Limber and his, uh, his name is Mark Long. And nice. he, he took those principles and he specializes in adapting the agile scrum philosophy to inbound marketing agencies. There's a niche. And he's sweeter than that. Love it. He had tons of experience and uh, applicable experience. And he came in and trained up our whole leadership team, um, got us ramped up in terms of a service catalog and templates and rolled out training to our team so that we were able to just get into it. And I think that process took about four months. I'm sorry, four weeks. Okay. And, and from that, like we, we just – we did a 180, a 180 right off the bat. Um, some of the, the key takeaways from, from shifting to agile was transparency. You know, when we had account managers, they were all working on different things, um, working with different team members, but oftentimes it was like the game of telephone and things got lost in translation sure. and that causes a loss of efficiency. So with agile, uh, we have morning scrums, so everyone uh, works off of a single board, so everyone can see what everyone's working on, what the priority is, what stage it's in, um, if there's any roadblocks or dependencies, and we communicate that every morning. Okay. So that, that's huge. Uh, we then have um, the transparency of how to improve, and that comes from our, every week we have a retrospective. Okay. We, want, we run on uh, one week sprints, and every week at the end of the week, we, we sit down and we say, all right, 
What did we accomplish? What didn't get done? Why didn't it? How can we improve our processes, whether it's um, changing our service catalog, changing our processes in terms of how we deliver some of those products, um, or maybe it's someone needs more training, right? Mm -hmm. So we can really uh, address that. And it's an open format where the whole team is engaged and, you know, it's, it's not personal. It's just like we get it all out there and that really strengthens the, the bond and the culture between with uh, the team members. How did that process go of like getting those team members to adapt to new rhythms like that of talking every day and then thinking back once a week? Like what did that transition look like? Uh, well, actually it was, it was kind of interesting because we were on the EOS format and they have a similar, um, there was actually, we were doing biweekly, but we had an open format, um, okay. a meeting once, you know, once every other week where we would sit down and, and, and identify and discuss and solve issues. So it really wasn't a huge transformation to then go into a retrospective. It was actually like going, moving away from a rigid format to a more open fluid one. Sure. Um, okay. And there is a format there where you say, you know, what went well, what didn't go well. And there's a, a few stats that we report on in terms of velocity and capacity. Um, but in terms of, I guess to answer your question, in terms of how we transitioned, um, part of it is just doing it, right? You, you, everyone gets the, the training and they were like, okay, I get it but they don't really get it until you just get into it. And that's kind of the yeah. beauty of agile. And we, we actually use that with our training process too. When we get a new hire in, there's kind of two ways you could do it. You stick them through the training and wait till they kind of understand it and then bring them into the process. Mm -hmm. The other, which we actually employ now is just, you just dump them in. And yeah. through us, because it's this like transparent team culture, they just learn through osmosis. Nice. And, uh, and that's worked, worked out really well. That's cool as long as you have the, the processes and the structure set up um, and you definitely have to have one person own it. Right. Okay. But in my case, I had a, I've been doing a lot of, of research and reading behind it. So I'm passionate about it. So having one person on the team own it was huge. Okay. So is that one person like responsible across all clients to just make sure everything is updated in the system? Like what does that role look like of making sure one person owns it? So there, there's a few roles um, with, uh, with our, our format, and that is the scrum master who really runs the process. Okay. Um, it's not so much the product, but more the process to make sure uh, the meeting is being run effectively. And they're kind of the, the last call. If there's a tie between anyone, the scrum master usually makes, makes that call. Okay. Um, then there's the product owner. And the product owner this is where things get a little different between the, the typical model and the marketing model with multiple clients is technically all of our, our uh, IMCs or inbound marketing consultants, they all own the product for what they're delivering to their clients. Okay, sure. But then there is a function that sits above them that kind of coordinates. And if you have a strategist, that might be, you know, a good product um, owner and they kind of oversee where everything's at. Gotcha. Um, people are usually uh, the account manager are usually passing the issues for final acceptance through that person. Okay. And then the rest are implementers. And those are, you know, your writers, uh, your designers, developers, they're all uh, implementing. But okay. The last piece is really the beauty of agile is it's a team. So you're really looking for, for that T right. Deep expertise in one area, but they have knowledge 
and ability to complete a lot of tasks. So that okay. way you got a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be done. Who can do it? Ah, well, you're not a writer, but you could write this article or you could, you could publish this blog or, or create this landing page. So that's, um, spreading that, that, uh, the wealth. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's awesome. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Agency Journey. I'm Andrew. I'm a co-host here on the podcast and I'm a founder of Zen Pilot. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love a five-star review and a comment on where you're listening from and what you're getting out of this podcast. You could drop that over on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening to the podcast today. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get the updates as they come out. And if you want to engage with other agency owners that are enjoying this podcast, join our community. Head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com. That's going to take you to our special private Facebook group, a collection of owners from around the world who are on their own journey to build their own agency. So head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com. Join the group today. And if you're at a point where you're ready for some help and you want to implement processes and systems to scale your agency, you can head over to zenpilot.com slash free training. And there you can watch a special 19 minute training presentation where we walk through the exact process that we use at Zenpilot to help agencies implement processes and systems so they can scale their business without reinventing the wheel for every client. And that allows agency owners to pull out of the weeds and spend more time working on their business. So hope you're enjoying the content here today. We'd love it if you join our community and we can't wait to hear where you are in your agency journey. Now back to the show. And are you guys like in your, how do you figure out who's doing what tasks? At what point in your workflow are tasks assigned to individual people? So the, that's, a, that's a good question. At the end of um, the week, when we have our retro, the second half of that meeting, it's a, it's a long meeting. It's like two hours typically. Uh, okay. We do it on a Friday because it's kind of like a nice cap to the week. but at the end of that meeting, you're actually going through your backlog, which is all of the issues, we call them issues, but all the tasks that you have to complete for your clients in the upcoming month or quarter um, are all in the backlog. And you go through that and prioritize them and you bring them into the spring. And then you go, okay, everyone kind of has a capacity depending on their, their role. Um, account managers may have a little less capacity because they're doing a lot of reviewing and communications whereas implementers might have a higher capacity. And so you go through that and you go, all right, John, you got 50 points on, on your board. Uh, mm -hmm. Capacity is 30. And so it it's critical to go through there and go, what's the highest priority? What needs to get done? What needs to get done by you? And then of these issues that are not a priority, can they be done by someone else? Or can they be moved to the following week? Gotcha. And so that's when we go through that process with each person to make sure we hit our capacity number as a team, we have a target okay. and, um, and that's what we report on each week of, we have a capacity of say 200 and at the end of sprint planning, we have, we're committing to doing 200 points would be ideal. And then at the end of the week you go, did we do it? If we didn't yeah. do it, why not? What can we okay. do? That's awesome because the whole team is like learning and refining as you go. So it's like you're getting sharper and sharper and sharper the more you run something rather than like sometimes when you get stuck in the mud, like you just get more stuck in the mud. And it uh -huh. sounds like this is the opposite. Like it, it hones as it runs. Exactly. Uh, it, it, 
it was funny because planning was such a big thing. Like that was the way out. It's usually the way out of your problem is we'll stop, think and plan. And before we had agile, we just kind of assume that everyone knows how to plan. Okay. Logical. Don't you know how to plan? Well, everyone might have a different definition of a plan. Yeah. What that entails. Sure. And so there's, there was a disconnect. There wasn't a common language of planning. And on top of that, sometimes it took so long because there wasn't this, here's how you do it. Here's how you plan. It took so long. And then if a client didn't get you what they needed on time, all of a sudden your plan got blown up. And now it's just this, like, they don't see the value in planning, right? Mm -hmm. Changes and then they don't use it. And then their plan doesn't exist. So yeah. this really gave a, a great framework for our team to be able to plan. Okay. And then, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, like, it trained them. So now we have a team okay. better at planning. They all know how to plan. That's awesome. Yeah. How has this switch changed the way that you guys interact with and share reports with your clients? Um, it was a process. We didn't tell them initially, right? Because with, with Agile, what you want to do is remove as many dependencies um, sure. throughout the week, right? So we have a... We have a rule. You don't bring something in, say it's like log revisions. You don't bring that into the sprint unless the clients approved it and okay. given their feedback, I'm sorry, or, or given their feedback. So if you don't have it in hand, you can't bring it in. Sure. Um, and so that was, there was a process to be able to educate the, the clients say, listen, we're transitioning to agile. Here's the benefits for you. Mm -hmm. You're actually going to get a better, a better product faster. Um, but there are going to be some limitations here. So for, you can't just say, Hey, I'm going to give this to you Wednesday and I expect it Thursday and watch us all like scramble. Not to yes. say that it can't be done. That's the beauty of agile is you can adapt, but kind of setting that expectation. So, Hey, we, we set our, our due dates for a lot of our deliverables from clients and be like, Hey, you need to get to us by Thursday so that we can make sure we can get it in the sprint for next week. Gotcha. Okay. And we really didn't have any, any kickback. A lot of our clients, um, who are familiar, right? We're talking manufacturers now yeah. um, who understand the concept of agile and uh, they thought it was cool, right? Yeah. That's so, cool. It almost gives you like incentive for them to get the stuff done because if you just say, get this done like as soon as possible, like they might do it right away, they might wait, but if they know like, oh, if I want my piece of content to move through the system, I'm the one holding it up and I need to get it done by Friday or wherever it's being planned, like kind of puts the buck puts the transfers it over to their table and now they've got to move through to get it done. Exactly. Put some ownership back on that. That's awesome. Well, it's cool to hear that like that's gone well, it's changed the way that you guys work. And I love that it like it impacts the teams that now everyone's a better planner. Like that just increases the value of the service you guys bring to your clients. Like that's the whole team getting better as you go. Um, and that like, I want to, I want to talk now, like what are some things that you guys, some hiccups, that you've hit along the road it can be related to agile or something, something else um, that have caused you to look back and say, okay, that's a lesson learned or like that's a process we need to be developed or something like that. So continuous improvement is a, uh, is one of our core values and mm -hmm. agile's weekly retrospective format. There's always, always lessons to be learned. Um, if I was to pick one to highlight most recently, it's uh, it'd probably be hiring. Right. Okay. And I guess it would be highlighted by the fact that our, now that our team is really stronger than it's ever been, it's tighter than it's ever been. It makes 
those hiring decisions even more important. Hmm. Yeah. So um, as you're trying to grow and scale and closing, trying to walk that line of um, I need more resources, but I also need more sales to support those new resources. Um, hiring out of urgent need is often leading to hiring decisions being made too quickly. Yeah. Uh, you might have rose colored glasses on. Yeah, this person could definitely work. Um, <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I, I think this is, we need it. We need it. Right. So wrong, hi, wrong fit hires can have a significant impact really on the bottom line, right? The mm -hmm. amount of time and energy and effort you put in to train them. Um, potentially if you roll out clients to them and then they leave, like it, it just, it's, it could be very disruptive if you make the wrong decisions along the way. So like anyone, we've, we've made a couple uh, missteps along the way in the past year. And, you know, the lessons learned we, we take from that is uh, we've, we've revamped our, our hiring process, um, kind of systematized it a little bit more and really focused on just like sales. You want uh, a pipeline of candidates so that when you need that, that right hire, mm -hmm. you have a few to pick from and not waiting on the, the pool of, uh, is the economy good? Is it bad? Yeah. Am I, everyone, I'm just taking everyone that's available. Uh, you really want to, you know, sometimes just like a, a deal might take six months to close. Uh, you might have a, a candidate that you have in mind and there's mutual interest, but it might not be the right time. And mm -hmm. that way, if you have a pipeline, you can kind of strike when the iron's hot and when it, uh, it's right fit. So that's been um, some hard lessons learned recently. And, uh, but our process uh, that we have as a company has allowed us to um, adapt and make the necessary changes. Okay. Has that been like hiring mistakes can be expensive, obviously. Um, they can lead to client tensions. You can lose clients over things, or you can, if someone needs to be fired or someone quits, like that leaves holes in your client delivery too. Um, did you guys have to go through the process of, firing people that were bad fits or was it situations where people quit and then you had like this hole that you needed to backfill really quickly? Um, so recently it's been, we, we hired some and had to make some decisions to let them go. Mm -hmm. uh, the good news is, you know, what's the saying go, you uh, hire fast, but fire faster if they're not, <laughs> if, if they're not the right fit. So yeah. EOS actually is, is again, uh, been really helpful there. They have a, a good method. It's called RPRS. It's the right person in the right seat. And it combines, you know, the right people would be aligning the people with your co company's core values. And then the right seat is aligning their strengths with the job responsibilities and their functions. Yeah. Take those two together and, and that you that way you can identify if someone's Hey, they're the right person, but they might just be in the wrong seat. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you got great talent, you, you, you find a good fit for them. Yeah. Yeah. They just be in the wrong spot. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, last thing I want to hit on is like, what is something that you guys are excited about right now? Or like something new that you're learning that you're experimenting with can be internal, can be client facing, whatever. Is there anything that's like keeping you up at night in a good way? Uh, I have 
been waiting to roll out uh, our point pricing. Um, okay. It's, I know it's a, it's a big thing. A lot of agencies have been, have been switching to, and for us, it just, it runs in parallel with, uh, with agile, right? Cause agile is based off points. Um, and it just, it's aligning expectations with our, with our customers and our account managers. It, it's that missing piece to make, um, all the efficiencies and gains that we've got from agile mm -hmm. and, be able to communicate those effectively in terms of deliverables with our clients. So we've been working hard over the past uh, three to six months on, on getting the necessary uh, assets pulled together for that in terms okay. of our client facing service catalog and um, updating our sales materials. And so we've been doing a lot of, um, a lot of research and making sure that's that system's ready to go. And we're looking forward to, to rolling that out this year. That's exciting. Have you guys like beta tested it at all with any prospects or current clients? We have, we have. So uh, the rollout process has always started with new clients um, and the results we got back were just, you know, the account managers are like, I need this for all of my <laughs> now. Yesterday. <laughs> um, it just, it empowers account managers to be able to communicate, Hey, you want to make a change? Here's, you know, here's a menu. And, and mm -hmm. here's what we can do. We can replace this and, and work within your points, or we need to keep it all. And here's, here's how much it's going to cost you to do an additional landing page or blogs, what have you. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it would be like, Oh, that's got to go through, you know, and get estimated and that causes bottlenecks. And that doesn't really create a great experience for your customers. Sure. Right? Having to wait. It's like going to a restaurant and having to wait for the waiter to come and say, Here's what we have. Uh, I'm not going to give you a menu. I'm just going to read it to you of what we can do. And then you let me know what you want to do and I'll tell you the, how much it's going to cost. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good time, right? <laughs> so this is, this has been, um, and the experience we got back from the customer, they just, they think it's great. They know what they're going to get each month. Um, it's just less, less haggling, less communicating. And really for them, the value is uh, they don't have to, pay for our inexperience or inefficiencies. Okay. Right. So say you got someone, right. Cause we run an agile team and we may not have the, uh, the writer who's really ideal to write that blog article, but can get it done. Um, we could have someone else write the blog. It might take them a lot longer to get to the same quality, but it's not going to cost the customer more. Okay. Right. So, um, communicating that, that the, the value is actually, uh, better for the client and easier to understand. Cool. What do you guys do in a situation and you might not know this cause you haven't fully rolled it out yet, but what do you do when someone wants something that's not on the menu? Are there any chef specials? Oh, uh, <laughs> so what I will say is our, our internal service catalog is probably, two to three times the size of what our client facing one is. So nice. we've, we've worked a lot on our internal one. So that way it's still easy enough for the account manager to be able to piece together the pieces mm -hmm. needed to probably do something a la carte um, and be able to cost that easily. Okay. Nice. We don't, we, we don't want to like uh, an overwhelming Chinese menu uh, <laughs> for the client, but um <laughs> But that's where really agile and, and point pricing work really well together. 
That's awesome. Well, Jared, thank you so much for coming on and just kind of opening the door and sharing with us some of the key systems that are keeping the agency humming and, and also love hearing like challenge faced solution applied, like seeing that connected and it feels like you guys are just kind of falling into alignment. So I'm excited to, to see what the future holds for you and hopefully we'll get you back on here and in the future to, to share some more wins. Pleasure. Pleasure is all mine.